What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host and wheelman, Dr. Diamond Duck. Triple D. And with me tonight is co-host and partner in crime, Mr. Miggity Miggity Mac. That's me. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook page at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude. Yes. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language. Uh, but that's not really our style, so we'll try to keep this PG-13. PG-14 at most. Yeah, maybe 15, depending uh, if we get naughty. Mild language and uh, artistic nudity. And only one nipple. That's right. Uh, a, a waning... Uh, waning gibbous right there. Uh, no, no, a crescent, a crescent moon. Uh, but it'll be it'll be tasteful, tasteful. It'll make sense within the con, uh, you know, in the context of the story. Yes, of course it will. Also, spoiler alert: if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about season six, season six opener. Pantheon nomination number one, Drive. Mm-hmm. This was nominated by Nathan Ryan Plantinga with guest voter ours truly, Gary McFall, Mr. Miggity Mac. That's me. So, before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon and in case anybody is new to all of this and just starting out. So, Mr. Miggity Mac, what is Pantheon? Pantheon is uh, a movie that stands the test of time. It hits on all cylinders, and we've said this before, but it's really worth repeating. All the main elements, the acting, the directing, the script, the score, cinematography, special effects, if there are any, they all stand the test of time. They're important, essential viewing. And Pantheon, uh, in the context of AV, Adventures mm-hmm. in Videoland, is our own special shelf of these movies. Special shelf. It is. I added a new special shelf just for season six for just, more. That is excellent. So, uh, this is not willy-nilly just one person's vote. This is uh, that Pantheon is a culmination of a council vote, a guest mm-hmm. voter, as well as the sum total uh, yay or nay of a Facebook poll representing the which Facebook, anyone can join. Yeah, the Facebook group for a- AV. Uh, there are nine members on the council. Uh, this year we have three new members, three cycled out, and this year our new members, Adam Chromacho, Patricia Perillo, and April Hawkins, who's coming back from season two and before, I think it was. We welcome her back with open arms. Yeah. So, I wouldn't close my arms because that'd be weird. So, uh, that, uh, for a movie to get into Pantheon, it needs a two-thirds majority vote, so it is out of 11, it needs at least... Seven. Seven votes. It needs seven yeses. It needs seven yeses from the nine council, the guest voter, and the Facebook poll. It needs seven from among them to get Mm -hmm. on the yes list. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, this season, here's the rundown of this season... Uh, tonight's vote, uh, tonight's nomination is from Nathan. We talked about that, mm-hmm. and then the the way the season will go, we'll figure out, we'll find out uh, after each movie is released uh, or the the results of each Pantheon vote is released that we'll find about the next nomination. Right. Uh, so in order this year, uh, after Nathan's tonight, we've got the next one up, which is about every three weeks. Matthew Wade, guest voter, Marshall Wade. Brothers, Adam Chromacho, 
with uh, guest voter Papa Wade. The Wades are in deep. Patricia Perillo with guest voter Jesse Reyes. And then uh, Jeremy Clifford with guest voter Bill Wheat. Rachel Plantinga, guest voter Keegan Goodman. April with guest voter me. Triple D. And Kyle Brown with guest voter Ryan Smith. Brad Hawkins with guest voter Rob Lane. And then uh, at the very end, then they About sometimes July. have a special mm. uh, that they they offer to one person to give a nomination. And then right. they also have a Facebook poll where uh, that the council members will all nominate a movie to the Facebook poll. And then Facebook votes on it. And the top winner gets in automatically. People's choice. Last year it was Blazing Saddles. It was. Yep. Went straight to the top. So, uh, last year, here's a quick rundown of the movies that we looked at last year and that got in. Um, so, we, we've got Some Like It Hot. Ooh, cross-dressing. Fight Club. Chef did not make it in. No. Uh, and, that was, uh, and then we had Seven Samurai, Schindler's List, Won't You Be My Neighbor. The Apartment did not make it in. Psycho did. Coco did. And then the Facebook poll, Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. And then on the side... Uh, that the council does these versus and marathons, and there's special voting. You can read up on the website if you're interested. But Ghostbusters made it in through that side door, as did the old Lighthouse. female one, the all female Ghostbusters, the '84 the new... Ghostbusters, oh the original one, the right. older one, yeah, the marshmallow and one. Lighthouse, one of the A24 projects mm-hmm. made it in. So um, tonight we're looking at Drive, and Drive yeah. is an interesting movie because. It is not your typical blockbuster, regular, conventional feature film. Right. It is, uh, it is even if it was billed and advertised in some places as it was, that it is a more of an art house film or an independent minded film. Even though the cast is all star mm-hmm. and it, it, it's got, you know. Uh, great cinematography, industry people, but it has a more art house feel mm-hmm. in how it's designed. Um, so here's my question for you: Is that of the movies that you've watched in your life, um, that this movie will, for some people, represent a movie that got them into newer types of movies? Sure. Uh, is there an art house, independent, or side project type movie that kind of opened your eyes to cinema? You from know, your life. I thought about that for quite a long time. We had a chat about this, uh, not directly this question, but one like this, just the other day. And I came up with four or five movies that kind of, yeah, you know, that was one and this was one. But honestly, I think that it, it I, I can't remember a time when I wasn't open to all different kinds of movies. And there are some movies that I, I they changed the way I looked at how motion pictures are made, but they changed the way I, I looked at how they could be made because of the change of special effects like the very first time i saw uh, a star wars or a star trek movie just or, or jurassic park or jurassic yeah, park yeah. or even et which or special tron. effects tron special effects weren't that huge but but here's the one that the more i thought about it the more i talked about it not an art house movie i realize it's not directly an answer to your question but the original star trek the motion picture mm-hmm. when i first saw that movie it blew me away it was an introduction to a new style of special effects. They told the story in a different way. They had all these characters and actors that we've known for years and years and years, watching reruns on TV and whatnot. And here they were in a movie. Yeah. And it and it it just changed the way I thought about movies, not just the special effects or or whatever, but but uh, the way I could feel in movies. Where I, I used to have to try to find a character that I could relate to, and then I would sort of experience movie with that character. But Star Trek 
was one where I experienced the Star movie. Star Wars. I'm, I'm talking about Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh, okay. Star Trek. Okay. I, yeah, I, yeah. Really, I just wanted to make sure I was on the same page. Yep, yep. I know you love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. But Star Trek. Star Trek. We're talking about Star Trek, the motion picture. It changed the way that I saw that movies could be done in drawing us completely out. I don't. I didn't have to pick one character. I could experience the entire movie. Okay. And so that was a big. That was a big change for me. Now, art house type movies. Uh, it's not an older. Uh, it's an older movie. It's not like when I was from a child. But Pulp Fiction uh, messed with my head. And that it's the earliest one I can remember where they played with the timeline and you didn't just see movies in sequence yeah. the way they actually occurred. I was old enough to be able to accept that and process that as the story and still be be surprised when it would happen again and again and again. It's like, wait, did he just die? Wait, yeah. he's in the next scene, right? So uh, that that's that's the other one. That's more of an art house. Well, and interestingly, on, on my end, I was going to say Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. So on the Tarantino, the... Uh, but, and that was kind of like college for me. And this is a, a first movie where I'm like, oh, this is different. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, and and for some people, Drive will be like that. Like, there's going to be people who won't like it. That's yep. for sure. There will be. But there will be people who watch this and go, oh, that's so, that flavor is way different. Uh, and I like it. Uh, yep. Yep. So, uh, let's, let's dive into Drive. All right. Uh, that the movie is rated R. It's an action thriller. Director Nicholas Winding Refn. He's uh, known for Pusher 1, 2, and 3, Bronson Vahal Rising, The Neon Demon. Uh, that's his. I, I don't know if he's known for that, but it's his most recent. Well, many of the movies that he's known for, as people who like uh, Refn movies, if they haven't, a lot of people haven't seen any of these movies. Yeah. Uh, but he's. Um, Swedish? No, da Danish. 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 I'm yeah. sorry. He's Danish, and he has a different way of looking at a story to start with. Yeah. So, but he also gets involved in the way the scripts are written, so that he's not totally interpreting the script in a different way. So, uh, Hussein Amini wrote the screenplay, which is based on Drive by James Salas, mm -hmm. uh, a short novel. Uh, Hussein wrote. Snow White and the Huntsman, and helped with Gangs of New York. Which, by the way, is a fantastic movie. The first time I watched it, I didn't like it that much. I wasn't following it, or I didn't quite get it. And the second, third, and whatever, 20th time, I'm all in on Gangs of New It's immersive. I yeah. really like that movie. Produced by uh, Mark Platt, Bridge of Spies, and La La Land, and then uh, a number of other people mm. who worked on uh, some Refn projects. Uh, Cliff Martinez wrote the music... Um, and he's worked with on several Refn projects, but but he's famous, uh, and he is the former drummer drummer for uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, California, California. So, uh, in reading and uh, up on this, that um, that Johnny Jewel was originally slated to write this, and he recorded several of the songs that are earlier in the movie, and Cliff Martinez was brought in by the studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, to copy his style, and then he wrote eight tenths, you know, four fifths of the rest of it, sure. uh, which is more of this ambient noise stuff uh, mm -hmm. in the end. Mm -hmm. uh, cinematography: Newton, Thomas Siegel, uh, The Usual Suspects, a bunch of X Men movies, but... recently Bohemian Rhapsody, yes, yeah. 
Edited by Matthew Newman in theaters September 16, 2011. Runtime of 100 minutes. Uh, the studios, there was Bold Films, Outlet Entertainment, Mark Platt Productions, Motel Movies. All these people gave money to it. Right. And then distributed by Film District. So, uh, can you give me uh, who's starring in this film? It's a all-star cast. It is Ryan Gosling. He is the lead. Uh Carrie Mulligan. My wife said, uh, that's not Katie Holmes, right? And I said, no, it's not. <laughs> no. Brian Cranston, who, by the way, I really love this kind of different sort of role. I for only him. know him from Malcolm in the Middle. Is that the only one you know him from? And he wasn't a guest star in X-Files. I knew him from that. Yeah. That's it. But though. nothing else. Nothing else. Not a darn thing else. Yeah. yeah. I seem to remember him in a RV, but I don't remember anything yeah, else. Yeah, Something yeah, like. yeah. Christina Hendricks. That's not the That's not the one that was uh, in the uh, Beetlejuice movie. That's a different person. Nope. Ron Perlman. That's Hellboy. Uh, Oscar Isaac. And Albert Brooks, of all people, as the heavy. Yeah, a straight man comedian playing against type. Yep. But Brian Cranston also did the same t- same thing earlier. And when so. he when he when Brian Cranston popped out in uh, your favorite TV series, I believe of all time, Malcolm in the Middle, <laughs> Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. It really he was is. playing completely against his arc. But here's the thing about Albert Brooks. I know we're going to talk with some trivia later, but this man walked into his audition, eyebrows shaved in full character, Albert Brooks. Yes. Yes. Pinned him against the wall. Pinned against the wall and, and treated him like a yeah. bad boy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, I like that. I like it. Uh, Google synopsis of the movie. Driver, uh, unnamed, but driver, His Ryan is Gosling, driver. is a skilled Hollywood stuntman who moonlights in a, uh, as a getaway driver for criminals. Though he projects an icy exterior, lately he's been warming up to a pretty neighbor named Irene and her young son, Benicio. When Irene's husband gets out of jail, played by Oscar Isaac, he enlists the driver's help in a million-dollar heist. Who They didn't know it was a million-dollar heist at the time. So yeah, the job goes horribly wrong, and driver must risk his life to protect Irene and Benicio from the vengeful masterminds behind the robbery. Yeah, you know, best laid plans. He's got a really good even even keeled life. He got this day gig doing not just mechanic work but uh, stunt work. And then on the side, he's this very meticulous. You must follow my rules. Getaway driver. Yep. Fantastic setup. Good, good, good. So ratings. IMDb puts it at seven point eight out of ten. Not the highest we've seen no. from things. Metacritic gave it a seventy eight with thirty eight positive, five mixed. Uh, 8.2 user score. Also not the highest that we've seen from no, things. They're, these no. are mixed scores right here. Yep. Rotten Tomatoes, 92% with a 79% audience score. And we've seen this before where you had a high critic and a lower audience because the movie is more art house or whatever, for whatever reason. That They're it's, not what people it, expect. It is not the thing. It's not the popcorn flavor you were expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Google, 90% liked it on Google. Yep. Uh, Ebert Review. So Roger Ebert Review page. This is written by somebody else at this time. But 3.5 out of 4 stars. It's not... Uh, after reading the review, they didn't trash it for any particular reason. No. But um, they said whatever happened to Driver drove any personality deep beneath the service in his life. He is an existential hero, I suppose, defined entirely by his behavior. 
that because we don't know anything else about him. Nothing. Uh, that would qualify him as the hero of a mindless action picture, all CGI and crashes and mayhem for sure. Drive is more of an elegant exercise in style, and its emotion may be hidden, but they run deep. Sometimes a movie will make a greater impact by not trying too hard. The enigma of the driver is surrounded by a rich gallery of supporting actors who are clear about their hopes and fears and who have either reached accommodation with the driver or not. Here is still another illustration of the old Hollywood noir principle that a movie lives its life not through its hero, but within its shadows. I thought that was poetic. I thought that was, yeah. uh, There were moments when I mentioned uh, where I was reminded of Bullet, which was so much better than the films it inspired, <laughs> which is a backhanded compliment. Yes. To say that Bullet is a better movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll, I'll confess... I don't know if I've seen all of Bullet or it's been long enough that I can't remember it. 72, 73. That's a Steve McQueen film, yeah. right? Yeah. So, Mostly and I'll have to go back and watch it. Most people remember <clears throat> just car chase scenes from Bullet, but yeah. there's much, much more going on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like people would remember French Connection for a car chase scene where they're chasing the train. But well, it, for people but that's climbing a, a cliff. That's but, a yeah. small part of the... Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm thinking a little quick little just a little sidebar. Oh, yeah, what do you here. got there? Today we have uh, uh, from Natural Light. They're called Natterdays. I like to oh. refer to these as breakfast beer. Yeah, the breakfast of beers. Because uh, you know, I have woke up. Yeah, I have woke up oh, in the morning nice. on vacation. Yeah, and had <laughs> it's an aluminum can. It's yeah. not very loud. <laughs> was it? Was it <laughs> clink clink. <laughs> Uh, and had this for breakfast on more than one occasion. And one might say if you drink before 11, that's a sign of a problem. But when you're on vacation, you're drinking breakfast beer. And I can concur and confirm because I was there and it was very pleasant. Well, one morning this we finished the, half a case before it lunch. It's the breakfast of beers. Very low alcohol, very nice light flavor. It anyway, is. moving on. This, yeah. this break brought to you by Natural Light Natterdays. The breakfast of beers. Of beers. So, um, that reminds me of when I was in college on a spring break, I went to a hiking trip down to the Smokies and we had like nothing left after the trip was done on the way back, stayed in a hotel motel off the side of this winding road, you know, really not a great place. Mm. We had nothing except two, uh, I think two beers and then a pack of like, uh, oatmeal. So that's and we 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 used the camper cook, cooker in the room, made some oatmeal, and we're drinking our warm beer, warm beer and oatmeal morning. For breakfast. Yeah. Oh yeah, the breakfast of post vacation. Yeah, of college kids. Um, so Rotten Tomato reviews. This one was uh, originally written in, in Spanish. Uh, they translated did, it for us. I was gonna say, I did you translate know. it? So this is from Yasser Medina, Cinema Aficionados. If you go ahead and read that one, I'm going to sure. drink your natter days. In Drive, a film directed by Danish director Nicholas Winding Refn, we find an ingenious mix of the best of road cinema from the 70s and neo-noir criminal intrigue. Uh, also, Jim uh, Shembri from The Age in Australia, he rates this as rotten, actually. Ultra-violent, ultra-tedious, bargain-basement ripoff of the classic 1978 Walter Hill film, 
the driver. And I think I saw somebody else on AV mentioning something along that line. And we'll talk about the driver yeah. a little bit later as well. Um, so over on Metacritic reviews, which these are uh, the same types of reviews that you're getting, getting from the Rotten Tomato Critic reviews. Um, Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. There was a bunch of hundreds on there, and this was one of them. Mm. A brilliant piece of nasty business that races on a B-movie track until it switches to the dizzying fuel of undiluted creativity. Damn, it's good. You can get buzz just from the fumes coming off this wild thing. I was at a party like that once. Woohoo! Hot boxing. Hot boxing. Uh, and then on the bottom end, uh, I don't think this was the lowest one, but uh, definitely low. A.O. Scott, New York Times, uh, that Metacritic rated this review as in the 50 range. Mm-hmm. Uh, the virtuosity on display is also the director's, of course, and that, for better or for worse, is pretty much the point of drive. The coolest movie around and therefore the latest proof that cool is never cool enough. So... Yeah, yeah, there you go. It was it was a hot. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. There were more uh, top ratings there than there were low. Yep. But there were a, uh, there were there were a good number of low. Same thing with probably. the Metacritic. Hoy polloi. Hoy polloi. That's just just show Joe Joe yeah. Janet, the Joe Schmoes. That's the everybody. Yeah. That's and, that's and the, Janet that's Smiths. Greek for the many. Mm. Uh, Metacritic hoy polloi reviews eight point two. With 1,332 positive, 126 mixed, and 118 very, very vocal negative. Mm. Including many people who said, I joined Metacritic to write a review about how much I hated Drive. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, do the top one. Sure, J30 gave it a 10. You're either going to love or hate this movie, as you can see from the user reviews already. Gaston, 17, gave it a 2. Had a hard time watching it. So slow and boring. Endless scenes with background music. It looked like an independent film. If you hate those, please don't watch it. (laughs) That's like, if you don't like sushi, don't go to the sushi restaurant. Yeah, you know something? If you don't... I mean, in a little bit we'll talk. I don't think it's just people who don't like independent films. But he's saying, if you don't like independent films, this isn't your film. Yeah. Uh, is there, do we have our, our oh, wait, friend, hold on, let me see. Let me uh, our glorious Metacritic Hoi Polloi look, reviewer look, that we love wait. so much? Is there a... Sp- no Spangle. Oh, man. Spangle, spangle, my friend. Spangle. If you're listening. Please, Spangle, you gotta get on it. If you haven't watched it, you know, it's worth a watch. We love your reviews, Spangle. If you hate it, that's okay, too. Yeah, we're I mean, open. We're going to be forced to go to, like, Buttcrack 17 oh or, like, Mr. Jimble's 95 instead of you, Spangle. Oh. Oh. I don't want to do that. Nobody, nobody, literally nobody wants that, nobody. Spangle. And that one reviewer we one found that one time, what was his name? Uh, uh, show Me One's Kenobi? Yeah. Something like Show Me One's Cannoli, I think it was called. Show that Me is, One's Cannoli. He, he's not, uh, he's not no. even a good reviewer. No, he's not eloquent. He wrote in all caps. He wrote in all caps. He wrote in all semicolons. And he wrote it backwards. He was just all semicolons. Every word what was... What is that? That's great. Anyways, Spangle, we miss you. Yes. But, thankfully, we have instead our own compatriots, AV Facebook comments and reviews. The AV crowd. Uh, 
So let's go ahead and read through uh, our crowd, Why our beloved you, uh, people right hit here. Hit up the first couple there, sir. Sure thing, buddy, old pal. We've got Bill Allen, who doesn't like punctuation, doesn't like to capitalize uh, the, the I on the beginning of his sentence. No. I'm just going to start with that. He, there was he no capital self no. as more. You know what? That's because he's selfless, right? Selfless. Bill Allen is selfless, which is why he writes the word I in, lower in lowercase. That's yes. it. Okay. No, no. Mystery solved. He also, by the way, has a very yeah. like Chicago accent. Oh, yeah. If you would read him in his, sure. his own accent. This is from Bill Allen. He says, I love Drive so much. Honestly, I've yet to see a Nicholas Winding Refn project that I did not like immensely. But Drive is just uh, isn't just his best film, uh, but one of his favorites ever. That sounds exactly like him. Yeah, it's perfect. You probably grew up in the same neighborhood. Yeah, uh, and then we have Brandon Folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, now uh, Brandon, former student of mine. He's a, a, a contributor to AV. We yeah. see and hear from him on a regular basis. Uh, Brandon said, very good movie, excellent cast, soundtrack, cinematography, and script. The action is super impactful and intense, and I love the ending. This was one of the movies that made me want to be a filmmaker. Probably takes more than one viewing to really let it sink in, since it takes a bit of a turn halfway through, but really hoping it makes Pantheon. Ah. You know, we have Kurt Rivero. Yes. Who is from Spain. Yes. And speaks with a very heavy Spanish accent. And he says... It's not just regular Spanish. No, 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 no. It's not regular Spanish. He, it's he's from the border... Es- Espana Spanish, <laughs> which has the theate. He He's from the border of Spain, France, and Yugoslavia. Now, you won't... Yeah. They're yeah. right there, so the accents are all kind of yeah. blended. Uh, you've got to... You, you do it perfectly, so go ahead. He, uh, uh, Kurt Rivero says, Entertaining film, but I yet. That's that's that's, that's how he talks. It. You I don't know. Nailed it. Now Javier Hernandez, yeah, who by the way is from Indianapolis, yeah, uh, he says with a thick Southern accent. Thick Southern he accent. He said, "Hell yeah!" That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. John Shippey says, "Like the movie, but not Pantheon to me. Not even close." Now I added the periods between those three words, but I heard him say it when he wrote it. Uh, Gavin Davenport, and you do this one great, but he always whispers loudly when he speaks. Uh, Right. uh, He does. Yeah. Yeah. He says, like the styling, but it's not amusing. There are better Ryan Gosling films. Yeah. Though that you, you, that is perfect Mm. right there. Uh, who else do we have on the list? We got Robert Lane. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you were saying earlier that he is French. French. Uh, yes. I don't know him. Are you sure he's I'm, French? I, well, I've heard him I speak. I don't want to make... Is it French? Okay. I so. think he says, uh, more than likely going to say yes. Actually, we? he said we. Yeah. yeah. But I'll give it the rewatch it deserves. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think he actually might not be French. He might be from, uh, what's that little country next to France that people keep getting mixed up with France? Uh, Germany. Germany. I yeah, think he you're could thinking of Germany. Be, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, uh, we'll go with that. Now, I don't know Lisa Fernandez. Have you ever... I've like, never met Lisa Fernandez. Uh, I think... I think she's a valley girl. Yeah, right? Is mm. that Was that on the notes that Brad gave us earlier? Yeah. Um, she said... Um, <laughs> 
after rewatching 20 minutes in, I remembered why I hated this film. Music makes or breaks a film for me. I absolutely hated the soundtrack. Great cast, visually stunning, great cinematography, okay, story. It was because of the music, I couldn't lose myself in the film. Are you sure that that you're setting me up? That's not her voice at all. You I don't, mean, no, she doesn't sound like that at all. She sounds what, like a, a, a nice and intelligent California Valley. Oh, you were like I was Wabash Valley. Wabash Valley. Oh yeah, oh, yeah my mistake. My, I'm so sorry. I should have, yeah. Lisa. I apologize. That is not what you sound like at all. Yeah. So Joshua McLaughlin from Russia. He's from Russia. <laughs> He totally is. But you know what? He has lived in the U.S. a very yeah, long he time. He sounds like Yakov Smirnov. I do believe you were saying it. You're so good at it. He says it like this, and this is exactly like Yakov Smirnov. I'm abdicating from voting. While the technical quality is there, I didn't personally like this movie that much. I'd rather not have my personal feelings skew the results. Yeah, little little do people know that Yakov Smirnov does not actually have an accent. No, no, like, no, 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 he, he fakes, fakes it, that. It's, fakes like, it on, it's yeah. like the cable guy. Yeah. Larry the cable guy yeah. doesn't talk no. like that either, no, not he, for reals. Ru- he has a Russian accent. He has a Russian accent, for, that is yeah, correct. Yeah, I do believe. That is right. And then uh, Scott Herdliska. He's actually from Holland. He is, uh, yeah, he is from Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, and uh, it's Scott Ven- Venherdliska is uh, how you pronounce his name <laughs> in Dutch, uh, who says, uh, I don't uh, honestly believe the most raving drive fans have uh, seen Walter Hills the driver or old boy. Scott, I apologize. Yeah. I meant uh, Holland, Michigan. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that was entertaining, Scott. If you do sound like that, I would love to have lunch with you I, sometime. Okay, and apologies to every single one of you uh, uh, that, that um, we're really bad at accents. We try every time. Brad gives us notes, says this is what the people sound like. They want to they hear their own voice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I try. I always end up with a blend of three or four countries. I'm starting I, to think that Brad is lying to us about what they sound like. Like. So all of this is Brad's fault. Yeah, all it right. really is. Fair enough. It really is. Fair enough. Uh, it, which is uncomfortable because he is seated in this room in the corner right now. Well, he's a fly on the wall. We're not supposed to refer to him. I know, but he is buck naked and staring directly at us. It's making me uncomfortable. All three eyes. Yeah. Straight at right us. Right at us. All right, let's do receipts. Yes. Here. Let's get off the crazy train. Okay. So uh, we'll just get started. Drive, which, uh, as you said, was released in September 2011. 100 minutes long. Uh, Refn directed it. The production budget was $15 million. It's an estimate. That's about right. Domestic gross, $35.1 million And worldwide, 77.2. Now, we do something here on the Pantheon Companion. Uh, it is patented, trademarked, trademarked. Copyrighted, copyrighted, and stored in a locked vault with a 362-digit combination. <coughs> yes. And we call it the Butts in Seats Index. Yep. It's it's long math. But based on the average ticket price in 2011 of $7.93, $35.1 million U.S. box office at that ticket price means $4.43 million Americans sat in the theater and watched this movie. How about some comparisons? What do we have here? Sure. We've got four comparison. The Place Beyond the Pines, April 19, 2013. Uh, Derek Chianfranche, or mm-hmm. C in France, 
uh, 140 minutes long. What do you tell us about this movie? Do you know anything about it? Uh, this is another Ryan Gosling movie. Okay. Production budget, $15 million. Domestic gross, $21.4 million worldwide. It's about double that, $47.1 million. Mm-hmm. We do the math with the average ticket price that year of $8.13 from Box Office Mojo. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do the math and we would say that that would be a $2.63 million butts in seats. So a little more, more than, than half. half. But yeah, not quite 60%. Now, $4.43 million for drive mm-hmm. is not a lot. Now, there's a standard we like to use in the, the butts fight, and seats. Fight Club standard, which so, is a 7.4 million. Yes. So, looking at Fight Club, which came out in 99. <laughs> it's an imperial standard measure. That, that, that's an imperial standard. 7.4 million. We don't use the metric yeah. system. 7.4 7. million. Fight Club came out in 99. Production budget, whopping $63 million. Or 7.3 million. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, domestic gross, $37 million. Worldwide, though, 104.5. It did very well globally. The Butts and Seats Index with an average ticket price, 1999 ticket price of $5.06, is $7.31 million. So, based on the Fight Club standard, both Drive and The Place Beyond the Pines sort of underperformed, but they were both profitable movies. Yeah, and Fight Club, not uh, in the theaters, not incredibly profitable, no. but made its profits off of DVD sales later and got its cult status through that. Mm-hmm. American History X, so another kind of art house film, October 30, 1998, 119 minute long from Tony K. Uh, production budget twenty million, domestic gross six point seven million. Mm. It's a rough movie to watch. It is. And I have seen it several times, but yeah. I believe, like Fight Club, it picked up more of its index. Like later. you were saying with the other movies, this movie only has the scene in my head of smashing the guy's teeth on the Stomping curb and the guy on the curb. That's right? it. I don't remember anything else about Which the movie is except the for Nazis point. and smashing teeth. It is the turning yeah. point in that man's life and how he changes life yeah, around, yeah. but yes. Average ticket price 4.6 uh, 4 $4.69, so a BSI 1.43 million did mm-hmm. not do all did not that do great. That well. And then we have The Driver. Yeah. Walter Hill's movie, August of 1978. It is an inspiration for uh, this movie, but for many others. Uh, 91 minutes, uh, production budget of $4 million. Remember, it's 1978, so scale here. Domestic gross of 2.2, worldwide of 5. Here's the problem. In 1978, they didn't quite track things this way. I had to find the domestic gross and the worldwide uh, sales by looking at a lot of different sources and yeah. putting things together. It did very, very well in Japan and France. Okay. Mostly France, frankly. Uh, but um, but the but with an average ticket price of seventy eight of two point three four two dollars thirty four cents, its butts and seats index was only nine hundred and forty thousand. It is tough to compare that to movies in the late nineties, two thousands and the twenty tens because there were not as many theaters. But 940,000 people saw that in the theater. But The Driver has had such a significant influence on so many other directors and film writers and filmmakers like Reffin, but also Michael Mann, James Cameron, Quentin Tarantino, and Edgar Wright, as well as a lot of video games are all inspired by The Driver. Yeah, the... and there's a number of films out there that have that sort of wasn't a commercial success, but mm. like they did something cool or people really liked it and it influenced a lot of other people. Yep. THX. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so when you were talking about 940,000 900, uh, 900, people, yeah. Um, that reminded me of like, I think our first one was uh, Dear Zachary was in the uh, the, the thousand Thousands. range instead yes. of millions. Uh, 
when it's limited the number of theaters it comes out to, you're going to have yeah. the lower BSI, that's for sure. <clears throat> so, before we move on... To Deep Dig? To the Deep Dig, Ooh. which is where we're at in our outline here. Uh, one of the things that we do is we take a pause to... Uh, look at what's on the table because what is uh, this is a tradition of sorts now that the council members have uh, whoever nominates the movie it doesn't have they don't have to no 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 but they have chosen to and we appreciate it we do they start, they're saying thank you to us for looking at for looking at their the movie, movie for talking about their nomination and we have come to call these uh, these things uh, uh, gifts no uh, bribes. bribes they're yeah, bribes they're definitely bribes they're bribes so Nathan Ryan Plantig has uh, given us some stuff. I don't know if he put the stuff, the Heidi stuff on well, top. It's decorated Brad, like Christmas. Brad grabs some Christmas stuff to cover it on the this table. This is so, uh, this is a tissue paper that's from yeah, his garbage I can. I think it's creepy paper. Yeah, cre- sorry, creepy. I, I always cre- mispronounce oh, cre- that cre- word. paper. Uh, uh, this is probably from Brad's garbage can. The paper, Nathan, yeah, not yeah. the gift. But if we move this creepy this paper off the top, we'll move that to the Ooh, side. I oh, see some cardboard boxes. We got boxes. some mugs. And in, in some there, boxes, we have. Oh, come on! So. We gotta open the side first. Oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, 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 look at that! What oh, do we have? We have a uh, beautiful uh, mug, uh, and with the signature and iconic jacket of with driver, the scorpion on the with back. The scorpion on the back. Now, you and I are both coffee people in the yeah, morning. Yeah. I will absolutely drink coffee out of this. Now, Nathan, don't take the offenses. I will drink coffee from this mug one time. And then it will go on my special shelf along with the DVD Blu-ray copy of Drive uh, to commemorate this podcast. But Nathan, this is amazing. I love And I will drink coffee, coffee out of this all the time. This looks like, and I don't I don't think it is, but this looks like one of those that as you fill it with hot liquid, the colors all change. <laughs> I'm wondering what we're gonna see uh, yeah. re-revealed. So there are beautiful purples and pinks, which oh, reminiscent lovely. of the film with lovely. the pink and purple uh, neon lights I love in there. This mug. And it is a so it's it is a mug. So it's the the printing is not on the side uh, where you'd normally expect it, but it's on opposite the handle yeah. with a wide shot mm-hmm. of the horizon Wrapping all the around. way through. So which is kind of like cinematography uh, mm-hmm. of the movie. It's got I that nice wide it. shot. Thank you. Thank Nathan, you, Nathan. Uh, that uh, April earlier today was referring to you as Nate, but I don't feel like we're at that point in the relationship mm. where I can call you Nate, but I will call you Nathan Ryan Plantinga. Yeah, I've always called respect. him what I suspect the adults in his childhood called him, which is Nathan Ryan Plantinga. When he got in trouble. When he got in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Nathan Ryan Plantinga. <laughs> So this brings us to I'm you know what I I have uh, I have a little bottle right here I'm gonna pour some uh, in your in uh, my in nice little mug. mug right here I've got a Let's bottle a of, of some Johnny Walker Johnny Walker Black specifically Johnny Walker Black and we'll pour some in this mm. Cheers Cheers There you go We got a clink out of it mm. Mm. Of all the Johnny Walkers. This is my second favorite. (laughs) My third. My third favorite. Johnny Walker Black. My third favorite. Green is my top. Oh, I really loved the blue that I got to sample not that long. Sample is a a nice word for drink the whole bottle with my friend. Yeah. But uh, the the white walker that came out a a, a year or two ago is really sweet, nice, almost no burn at all. But this is my number three right here. So, this segment was brought to you by Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. (laughs) 
So, Nathan Ryan Plantinga. Uh, so, per, from his nomination, this, these are some snidbits from his nomination. If you want to read it in full, you can go to the January 1 post on AV, that where they, the, uh, the, the poll for ha- should drive be in Pantheon. Yes, mm-hmm. no, need to watch uh, or um, whatever is, uh, or I don't, I haven't seen it is on there. You can go to that January 1 post and find it there. He, uh, the, and I've paraphrased some of this, but he says, I watch a lot of, uh, can you be the beep? Nathan swears yes. so much. Can yeah. you be the beep? It's one of the things we like about Nathan. <clears throat> yeah. Can you be the beep for I will me? be the beep. I watch a lot of beep. movies. Something along the lines of 367 films for adventures in video land over the course of the past few years. But my favorite movies, top ten as they were, basically never changes. I can't imagine how impactful a film would have to be to wedge its way onto that list. That's exactly what Drive did. Drive is a modern day western. It's the story of a lone and dangerous figure, an outlaw, a man with no name who struggles with the same themes, independence versus community, relative morality, expectations and identity, etc., etc., who literally rides off into the sunset as the credits roll. Absolutely incredible performances across the board. Big props for the casting of Albert Brooks against type to play the villain. Barney Rose, he's top-notch. A killer soundtrack and some of the sexiest cinematography I've ever seen. It all comes together in a patch package that just clicks with me in every in a, in a way that is very, very films ever do. I watch a lot of movies, but none of them have ever just come out of nowhere and become a top ten contender the way Drive did. It is for that reason that I offer up to the council now for further consideration. We had a chance to kick it up when it won its Versus episode, and that instant that fell through, I knew immediately that I'd be nominating it anyway with my next opportunity because it truly is one mother. Fine. Mobile mother. Damn. I'm telling you, you put this kid behind the wheel and there's nothing he can't do out of five. That's uh, that's what Woo. Nathan has to say about Woo. that. At least he keeps his bleeps at the front and the back. <laughs> I know. Well, I I, I, I I took out a number of the ones in the middle. So Well, so, yeah. that's fine. All right. So, that being said, let's do our own deep dive on mm. this. We like to start, after we do our read the nomination, mm-hmm. we like to talk about the uniqueness and challenges of a nomination for Pantheon. What mm-hmm. makes it unique as a nomination, and what makes it challenging as a nomination? Mm-hmm. In your estimation, what makes this unique? And we can talk about both, unique yeah, and chal- sure. uniqueness and challenges together. Yeah, I think, I think one of the unique features, well, I can think of two off the top of my head, but one of the unique features of this movie is that the main character, that character that you're supposed to really, you know, be following the whole time, has almost no dialogue and is um, an impermeable wall. Like, you don't get to know him. You don't get to understand him. You think you're going to start to understand him when he's given his yeah. I'll give you five minutes lecture. Like, you get five minutes, anything that happens during five minutes and I'm all yours. That lecture, you think you're starting to get to know him, but the way he lives doesn't actually follow that fun fact in the entire film driver speaks only 116 lines with a total of 891 words in the 100 minute runtime. right he barely speaks there's even elements of things that he does and at first i thought they were left in there uh like like there was an edit and they took out the explanation for the thing that he did 
the the uh, the mask, the, the, the mask, the latex mask. The latex mask. He walks up to the door. You fully expect him to just like walk in and start slaughtering people. It doesn't. Uh, they never explain it. The mask goes away. Doesn't do anything with it. The that that piece, for example, that's actually, if you think about it, is revealing that the character is sort of making it up as he goes along, and uh, that he's changing his mind about it. He didn't maybe plan that fully out, or he didn't expect what he was going to see. Anyway. My point is that's one of the big challenges, that if you feel like when you watch movies you want to connect with the primary characters, this isn't one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, unless, I suppose, you feel like you're like him. Unless you connect, I would say, and this is a stretch on my part, mm-hmm. but unless, I would say, if you connect archetypally to the loner, sure, uh, the, the person who has this cool machismo under the surface, mm. but is relative loner... Nobody's paying attention all that much. Is skilled at his job, but in the pinch, turns into a monster. It, it leaves like me he has power. Yeah, it leaves me wondering. Not a monster, why but like he's got the way beyond he is. powerful. But here's the thing: the people <clears throat> who watch this movie, and this is my opinion, they want him to do the right thing when it happens, when when the opportunity, and he does. Like he protects her. Yeah, I was telling my wife because I was playing the song "A Real Hero," mm. and she said, "Was he the hero?" And I said, "Well, he was a hero in the type of in the archetypal Western samurai that type sure. of film where you've got this loner who has been broken by life or has this broken sense of morality. However, does the right thing in the wrong ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like mm. he's he he." he you can't say a heart of gold, but you can say, like, this person is an agent for good, but a chaotic agent for good right. uh, of sorts. Yeah, uh, I guess you know. That. Yeah, but I see that as a challenge, <clears throat> as, as a unique element. Now, challenges as a nomination, you know, some of the reviewers said it. You either like it or you hate it. And so the, the on the council, we're going to have that mix. Yeah. And there's going to be people that are like, sure, cinematography was great. Yeah, awesome storyline. Loved Albert Brooks. Hated the movie. I, and I, I would say, uh, maybe not hate, but indifference. Mm. Right? It's the people who love it, or people are like, okay, whatever. Right. Um, and I think we've seen that because we're recording this after some of the council members have already posted some of their, their things. And I've intentionally only read Nathan's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, 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 by today. Yeah, and I, I I won't go through any of them. Right, but right. there, But that, that same sort of like, there's at least some. There's there's some. I love this, and there's some which is. Ah. Well, we've seen that in other movies as well, where <clears> you <throat> you would think this movie has broad appeal. Everybody, almost everyone's gonna like the movie, and then when it gets to the council, half you yeah. don't need four no's. I half have, say no. Now, without showing my cards, or not my cards, without showing the cards as it as it comes to council votes later on, mm-hmm. I have heard over the years. A lot of talk from council members who do really love this movie. Mm-hmm. So there are, I mean, Nathan is for sure. But then beyond Nathan, a one there are versus, fans. Yeah, one of us. There were yeah. council members in here talking about it, or at least ma- major players in here talking about it. So uh, I think that this film, uh, it, it, one of the uniquenesses of this film is that art house stylistic type movie. Like mm-hmm. it's highly stylized. The wall. When we looked at the wall, the wall was very stylized. Mm-hmm. This movie, very stylized. It's got an 80s synth pop, neon glow through everything. From the, the cinematography, through the music, 
Um, and it's it, it that is uh, the visual palette and uh, cropping of it is is a thing that it brings to the table. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it's just filmed in a very unique and interesting way. But also, like you were saying, it's directed in a very unique and interesting way, which is this minimalist, mm. uh, stripped-down, minimalist approach to it. I got the feeling that the director <clears throat> would let uh, Gosling do a scene in the beginning. I mentioned this to you the other day. The, however he wanted, and then he would say, yeah, but for this last take, I don't actually want you to say any of the things that are in your lines. I want you to express them all through your eyes. And then that's the take that they always accepted into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, now do it without talking. Yeah. But <laughs> just, I just memorized 36 yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I want I want to feel those lines through your eyes. Yeah. The uh, When I was chat, chatting, I watched this with my wife, so I was chatting about it with her, that I was, I was talking about characters that I identified with mm. in terms of like, kind of felt a connection to and i was saying like in the, drive in drive yeah and the one character that i sort of kind of at least cared for or about uh on, on a deeper level was the brian cranston character mm. mostly because he was effusive with his language yeah where other characters were very pulled back he was also desperately trying to be a part of what yeah. was going on yeah like i'm here i'm here like what no i'm Wait, in it yeah, yeah don't don't do that i'll do it for you yeah you know the one that i the one that i connected with yeah and, uh, i don't know who else will but i'm sure somebody will was the kid for whatever reason to me i felt like here's this kid that's been sucked into this environment he has no control he didn't ask to it. be there nope even his mom who was in a bad situation uh she did make choices like lie about her age when she yeah. met his when she met the yeah. the criminal uh and, and until halfway through the movie when she finally admits she was 17 when they yeah. got together not 19 but um yeah the, the kid he he just seemed kind of like ah okay like that's where we are uh, like he he went he went with it but i really felt for him cuz it was like what would it be like to be on the fringe of this whole thing going on. And you only see and the was, bits what, and pieces. Ten? Yeah. He only saw the bits and pieces that happened yeah. in front of him. Some of which were scary. Yeah. So what is the like the, this is a completely sideways track here, but Ooh. what is the movie that follows Benicio fifteen years from now? Fifteen you know, like what like what is that what does he look like? What is he? He's got a single mom, but he watched his dad get beat up, and then his dad died under mysterious, weird yeah, circumstances. Yeah. He saw which the he news. then found out he saw that his dad article, wasn't yeah. here, and then he had this other guy in his life that was just there for a couple of weeks, maybe at best. But yeah. then, but he had a bullet that was given to him. Like, what does this oh. kid turn into? Yeah, you know, it, 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 I would see, I would see a couple of <clears> paths, <throat> but the path that I feel like is the strongest path is that he ends up being something like. A criminal defense attorney or something along those lines yeah like trying to fix the stuff that happened uh when he was a kid sorry i, I had no intention no, of talking no, no, about that it was just a random thought but that is the character uh, i i associate yeah, with more. Yeah, yeah i should say i i i feel for the most the i feel nothing for driver by the way no he's the just person. there we don't know anything about him, him except for maybe his behaviors in the moment he's just very surface now, um, he's kind of, but that's on purpose. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's kind of weird. He's a little OCD about certain things and doesn't care about others. Uh, yeah. 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 
Um, so this movie also brings a very interesting soundtrack. It like it, it, like it, it's part of the stylized nature of the film, but it, it is, um, uh, it's a like it's a sound. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know how to say that in mm-hmm. any better way. But like one of the things that this movie brings to the table is its sound, and for some people, they'll just they will love that. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. I the first time I watched it, the soundtrack faded out. I like I didn't. I didn't follow my like I didn't pay attention to the soundtrack. It was mood music, but sometimes it felt like it was the wrong music to me for what was happening. The second time I watched it, uh, I, I I knew what was coming, and I could anticipate. I could see why certain things happened because of what was going to happen next, and the soundtrack would kind of lead you to it. But I still <clears throat> felt like there was a disconnect sometimes. Like there'd be music that would just express a certain feeling to me. I was talking to my son today. We were talking about how some people see music in color. Like, that's an yeah. orange yeah. song. A synesthesia. Yeah, that's it. And so that, that song is very red to me. And the, the, the song color, for lack of a better term, didn't always match what was happening. Yeah. But but I understand that that matched what the director wanted you to feel. Yeah. Uh, any particular insights that you had while watching this film? Any, any things that opened your eyes? Any Anything about... Movie, life, anything like that. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned it already in that, the, you know, this guy, he's kind of cold-blooded. Uh, he goes through his life seemingly trying to either not affect anyone around him. Definitely not trying to do the best for people around him. But but pretty much just for himself, right? Yeah. His connections with people were all very self-serving. You know, he was connected to Brian Cranston's character because he had a job as a mechanic and the guy kept getting him... Uh, uh, stuntman jobs because Brian Cranston's character is a former stuntman, yeah? yeah. So he's got the connections, right? So he's connected to Brian Cranston because of connections. He's connected to his neighbor, though, for a different reason. He wasn't like, oh, I'm going to steal her from her husband. He was just like, I care about this person for whatever reason. And I think that um, uh, the fact that somebody who lives their life and doesn't seem to care about the people around them could care about the one person. For whatever reason, and sacrifice himself if necessary. That was that was a big one for me. Uh, that I was appreciating the metaphor of the scorpion, which then they uh, <laughs> they did not uh, they did not uh, make this unobvious because they actually explained the metaphor of the scorpion and on the, the jacket of the scorpion and the frog. Yeah. But as I was watching it, and I, I've seen it before, but as I was watching, it, I was like, oh. Scorpion and the Frog from Aesop's Fables, yeah. uh, and then late, later on that they brought that out. One of the things, and I don't, I don't think in anything that I read or that um, they were saying like the scorpion is on the back of Ryan Gosling's driver. Uh, is Ryan the frog? But and, and in, in their take <laughs> that Ryan was the frog, sort of. who was then giving the ride to these other people who eventually stabbed him in the back, but. My question while watching it is that is Ryan Gosling's driver the Scorpion actually? Yeah. Where he uh, he like in the life of this other person that ah, did he mess things up? Yeah. Where now because he was there that he injected his poison into that world, 
But mm-hmm. it's that's where it gets messy because yeah. the 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 ex husband the husband was an ex con who was going to die regardless yeah, because no what it was Gosling set did. up. If Ryan Gosling wasn't in this movie, or the driver wasn't in this story, the guy was getting shot. That guy was getting shot because yeah. they were setting him up to die. Yep. Yeah. yeah, they needed him quiet for whatever reason. <clears throat> So let's do the breakdown of standout moments by category. Uh, talking about your 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 hot take on these things, acting and direct or acting and casting. I don't I don't rate acting and casting uh, a five, but I would say uh, acting and casting would be a four out of five, okay. and primarily because even through the multiple time multiple watchings, I did not like the way Ryan's. Gosling's character was done. I understand why it was done that way, but I didn't like it. I loved Brian Cranston. I loved Albert. This Brooks. was slated to be Hugh Jackman. I know. Would I you rather just, see this movie with Hugh Jackman? Would it be p- portrayed the it same way? It would be way weird and different with that young way? lady. Well, yeah, yeah. I I think that's a directing issue, but and not in an acting. In 2011, issue. though, nine years ago, yeah, could Hugh Jackman have played okay. that character? Now, I I would push back and say that okay. I think that's more of a directing, yeah, thing than an acting thing. For me, the but cast Ryan acting Gosling and casting has, was tops. Ryan Gosling has played a not exactly the same character, but a similar, less expressive yeah. character in more than one movie. The weakest characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, how about this? The weakest character for me was Christina Hendricks in that girl, extra girl role who mm. just showed up and got involved in the mm-hmm. thing and then got murdered. Yeah, got murdered. Uh, that sh- she's better than that. The multiple Italian henchmen yeah. who were like stormtroopers and that they would come running into the room yeah. and just get taken out. And uh, how about this? That I love Ron Perlman. That yeah. he was exactly Ron Perlman. He was. Like... It, it, no more, no less. He was just you know Ron what, Perlman. What made he more was sense the character he was in Pacific Rim. Yep. He was the character he is in Son of, Sons of Anarchy. But he wasn't Hellboy. Yeah, but he wasn't Hellboy. But I tell you, I, the, the, what made more sense to me it was after I had seen the movie uh, 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 more than once. Um, was this bit that I read that said that he came in and said, ah, and kind of rewrote, or fully wrote, I'm not sure, the whole character as this New York Jewish guy who really wanted to be an Italian because mobster. Because he's a New York Jewish because guy. Because he's a New York yeah. Jewish guy. And who I'm wanted like, to be a mobster. I mean, yeah. you mean kind of like yeah. in Goodfellas? Yeah. So, um, and, but I thought... The acting for what was asked of them and the casting for the roles... Fair enough. For me, was tops. I think they could have picked a different young lady for the for the wife, the, the mother. Yeah. Uh, and it would have been more powerful because I honestly kept asking myself what he saw in this character. What Ryan got... Why was he yeah. protecting her at all? Because she was just archetypal vulnerability. Unfortunately. Basically. She didn't, she didn't seem like a... Like a... And I hate to use this term because it's a... It's a... It's... it's it, 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 it's it's a it's a it's a it's the third rail to say yeah, this, yeah. but she wasn't a punching bag. She wasn't like the wife that you know, like he comes home from prison, he just beats us. He loved this woman. Yeah, he was just not a good. I don't mean Ryan Gosling. I mean he the, just wasn't a good person. Oscar, he was I just think, a yeah. bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but she Standard. was a good mom. Yeah, I mean, in that she protected her kid. But I think they could have probably cast someone else. <laughs> I like the kid and the way he did his thing. Directing and editing. You know. <laughs> It was directed and edited exactly the way you would expect from a Reffin film. I mean, it was. And it was... Uh, so, I mean, you know, four and a half? I don't know. What do you think? 
for me, this is the, like, there's a lot that I like about the film. For me, the directing was the thing where um, it, it goes a little bit lower, uh, mostly because I found the first third of the film. I got what they were Slow. doing, but it was tedious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... This is where I'm sure I'll get yelled at by Brad later Maybe. in a private message and and by, Nathan. Other, by other people. But I felt like the scenes where they, they're just like Ryan Gosling is looking at the other, at the female, at the, at the wife and just, it's a third too long. Like it, it just, yeah. you're like, oh, there's so many, the, and beat after beat, it was like every one of these is just 30% too much yeah we could we could tighten it up yeah there's a trivia i i get what they're going for but it just wasn't my flavor right yeah um, i get that there's a trivia piece that says that she was told that her and ryan weren't really going to speak to each other much and so she described their scenes together as hours and hours of her looking lovingly at ryan gosling yeah yeah so uh and some people will just buy into this wholeheartedly that's direction uh and for me, it was just kind of like, that was one piece where I was like, ah. And this is where I'd give it like a four. I'll tell you um, something. The next but category. But that's just personal taste. Yeah, I got you. Screenplay and story. The next category, screen, screenplay and story. I think that they tripped. Okay. I think that uh, whether it was editing the previous category or whether it was the way the screenplay and story were put together, I think there were missed opportunities. Not I, I mentioned the, uh, the latex mask thing. But I think there were missed opportunities to do different things, um, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I like guess if you, the like, story. Like if he was going like to be weird more. with the mask, he would be weird with weird with other things. If that he was didn't... such a good driver that could do such a good job, why, when they ran away from the robbery that went bad, was the other car only accidentally lost? Why couldn't mm. he just lose him? He's supposed to be this best driver ever, right? The uh, what? So. And this is without me being too poopy on this, um, <laughs> that there are, uh, that there's a lot of reviews that, I'll, I, that I've read, user reviews type things about how deep this movie is, about how, uh, like, it's just so deep and it's like, it's moody and deep and it makes you think and it's a th- like, I didn't see that at all. I was like, this is pretty shallow on the surface. Even the scorpion thing was explained in the movie. In the movie. Like, it wasn't like they did a scorpion and then uh, the, that they had the scorpion, but they never explained it. Right. Right. It was like they had for, it there and then they example, did it. For so. example, if they had the scorpion it was there, he insisted on wearing it. Even when the jacket was bloody and he walked around in the public, it, he would still wore it, right? Yeah. Someone returned it to him at one point and he went, oh, thanks. I mean, not quite, but I'm just saying that was the feeling I got. But, but, but if if they had in a in an indirect way done a like a like there was a frog sticker on a car, maybe sure, sure. But like, um, I also well, found that the the beats of the story kind of played out where mm-hmm. I was like, I was never the the way some of the things happened were maybe different than I would have expected, but the the beats of the story just kind of played out. Right. Let me ask um, you this: Were you surprised that he left the money laying on the ground with Albert Brooks at the end? Second, not, not for a, a second. Not for a second. No. Uh, were you surprised when he did whatever it took to protect? Not the for mom? a second. Not for a second. Yeah. Part of, by the way, why why he protected the mom, uh, I didn't mention this earlier. I believe was actually the kid. Perhaps he saw himself in the kid. 
We don't know anything about his upbringing, but he may have lived in a similar household. We don't know, but possibly. And that he was actually not so much protecting her as that she was the shield for the child, perhaps. Um, but but anyway, yeah. So, the and it's not that it was a horrible story. No. No, like, no, no. I just feel like they missed. Yeah. You know what I need to do? And I haven't done it. I have to admit this. I haven't read the book. Yeah. Perhaps by reading the book, things would... From what I understand, the book, the book, haven't read it myself, but from what I was reading about the book is mm. that it's a non-linear kind of mismatch of mini stories mm. that kind of collect together, maybe more in a Pulp Fiction fashion. Okay. Which, by the um, way, was fabulous. So the, the writer, Hussein Amini, was saying, or mm. uh, is that, I hope that's his name, Hussein, mm. was saying that it was difficult to make this into, uh, to adapt it because the story was not linear. Um, so it was challenging. I wonder what if they had shot this movie in a non in a fully nonlinear fashion. What if the first scene, like Pulp Fiction, like what out if the of order? first scene was the robbery where the guy gets killed and there's a car chase? Yeah, I, I'm not one to redo the movie. Don't get me wrong. More I'm like a saying, David, uh, <laughs> like David Finch. I, I guess. So now the next category, cinematography and locations, I'm a five out of five. Five out of five. I, can't I wish I lived there. It's a beautiful place. Oh my gosh. Beautifully shot. That I think that I think that the hero of this movie production is the cinematographer who worked on Usual Suspects. Mm-hmm. Um, same same area, New, by the way. Newton Thomas uh, Seigel. Uh, that I think that he is. Uh, that he's one of the heroes of this movie. I think he that was. Fabulous. And I, I loved it. That... I loved it even when the music may or may not have actually, in my mind, uh, meshed with the backgrounds. I could watch this movie on mute. I could watch the first five minutes of the film on repeat. Yeah. For so forever. Because so like, it was just fantastic. I felt the same way about the first five minutes of the apartment, by the way, with yeah. that long shot that zooms all the way in a mm-hmm. window. And I went, oh, we're going to see something. Yeah. But uh, but this movie kept doing it. Okay. You know the the, the chase scenes were yeah. very bullet esque. Yeah. And they were you know a variety of streets and 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 uh, topography and stuff and the colors were great. I I thought five out of five on cinematography. Uh, score the musical score. What'd you think? Like I said, the first time through, the musical score didn't affect me at all. Like you no. didn't hear it. Nope. But if I listen to the music separate from the movie. I'm down with it, but I like that kind of music, right? You I was going to say, say like the '80s stuff. Like you should sent be me a link, yeah, of the theme song of a real hero, the real hero. And I thought to myself, you know, listening to this music outside the movie, I like this music, but yeah. now I've got to watch the movie again so that I can hear the music in the context, uh, look for the music in the context of the film. And we should take a little break right now for oh. the fun fact about a real hero, which right. I found earlier today. Which was that song was written as a tribute to Captain Chelsea Sullenberger, the guy Miracle at the Hudson who landed the U.S. Air, uh, Airlines plane my man. on the Hudson. I shook Sully's hand. Did I ever tell you that? I got to shake Sully's hand. Purdue graduate. He came to, well, he came to Purdue. He gave a speech a couple of years yeah. ago. I got to shake his hand in passing. It was all of a half of one second. And I thought to myself... I've touched a true hero, but that movie was written, or yeah. that song, excuse me, the song was written as a tribute to that man. Yeah, the uh, so the lead singer's grandfather 
was in conversation saying that Sully, that Sully, he's a real human, a real hero. A real hero. And they took that line, a real human being, a real hero from the grandfather to make, to build that in. And I was like, no, 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 that can't be. And then they were like, no, the lyrics in the second verse is 155 passengers were landed safe uh, on a cold and sinking ship. And I was like, oh my goodness, that is. So They're talking about yeah, Sully. That's. So there you go. There's your fun fact about that song. For those of you that don't know, both Triple D, Doug, and myself are uh, 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 faculty members at Purdue University. We both are Purdue graduates. And so we would take a little personal pride in that particular connection. Final. Uh, so the uh, the penultimate category here is special effects and notables. They did not. They intentionally did not use a lot of CGI, partially because they didn't want to use it. Partially they didn't have the budget for Small it. Small budget. But uh, CGI would be like the mask, the blood. But the... notables, the car chase scenes. Car chase, they this used to... This is so hard to do this right. They used I've to... seen it done wrong. Biscuit rig, biscuit cam, something like that. You I can... didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. So they developed this this rig, biscuit rig, for Seabiscuit, the movie, to show the, 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 the jockey yeah, on the horse moving. So uh, they use that in this, so that 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 the uh, uh, Ryan Gosling could be driving the car independently, so that uh, but you could everything was captured real mm. nice and tight. Right. But those shots were excellent. Yeah. Between the streets, the the cutting, the editing back and forth, you did very well with that. I I really really <clears throat> liked that, and and it felt more real than sometimes. Um, what was the the uh, Ryan Reynolds Netflix movie came out this past year? Yeah, I loved the movie. By the way, I can't think the of first the first twenty minutes was a car chase. Yeah, and uh, that one was a lot of CGI, but also some real effects. Uh, I think this was done actually better than something six, right? Six below uh, the under six underground. Six underground. Six underground. Yeah. There you go. Then six under. I, I, while I love six underground, uh, I think this was done better. This was done more like the way they would have done something like Bullet, not to just or the driver, not to just pick another movie that was similar. But it's like that's what they would have done if they had the tech back then. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I really like that a lot. No, and I liked it. So I think that this movie will stand the test of time because it didn't rely on CGI effects that will mark it as a part of a certain era. Fair enough. You know, and I think that's good. Um, and uh, I can't point to other things, but the last thing that's not on the list, but we always talk about, is the X Factor. The X Factor, yeah. So X Factor for you. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling it. And I guess the X factor in this movie is the coolness okay. factor. Okay. Um, is that the movie, like we read in the other reviews, the movie is like stylistic, so it's got a coolness. Yeah. It's got a style. It's got its own thing. But is he cool? Is his character cool? Well, I don't know if it's, you can go micro on the level of is the character cool, but is the Did whole package right? cool? Didn't he try to be cool? Well, and that's the thing about you don't ever try to be cool. If you're cool, you're cool. That's what I was trying to say. Is that oh, he tried to be cool, so he wasn't cool. Something about something about the the insistence on wearing the jacket, even when it was like he was walking through public and the jacket was all bloody and nasty, and he's still just you know wandering around and nobody's looking at him like what the heck? Yeah, I don't know. That I don't see that as a negative. I'm just saying uh, the coolness of the movie would be from a 
from a movie making point of view, not so much from the yeah. character. Now, if you watch a movie like like uh, both <clears throat> or like uh, a, a ton of um, Clint Eastwood movies, the character is cool without ever trying to be cool. Yeah, I think they were trying for that. Yeah, I, he, I didn't get that. even like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Fair with enough. A, you know, yeah. So um, as far as awards go, that this had. In, at the Cannes Film, Film Festival, it got Best Director, which mm. is a, a big deal. It got an Oscar nomination, didn't win. But overall, in sound editing. In yeah, sound editing. In sound editing. Uh, that overall, at various places, a lot of these were for Albert Brooks as Best Supporting Actor. It got 80 wins at these film festivals and 178 nominations. But Man. a lot of them were for music, Albert yeah. Brooks... And best director. Albert Brooks has a resume you can't argue with, and he added to it with this movie. And he did a fantastic I job. I really like you him. Can't, you can't you can't shake a stick at that for I sure. I was surprised at him, but I really liked him. Yeah. In that you know he he's already he's shown many times he has acting chops, but he has acting chops that are not niche. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they don't have to be that way. So uh, let's let's look at both. there were eighty wins, eighty yeah. award wins out yeah. of one hundred and seventy eight nominations. Yeah. So not quite fifty yeah. percent. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's uh, they're counting those additively I don't or know. yeah or you know. Um, so let's let's chat about our our guesses on the votes. Here. Okay. Um, that for AV Council, uh, Nathan was the the guy who. Uh, uh, nominated the film, so mm-hmm. he's going to be a yes. I'm guessing. Um, as we go down the list, we've got Matthew Wade. I'm not sure if that's a yes or a no. What do you think? Um, the uh, I'm leaning yes because uh, oh. uh, some inside information on okay. that. Yeah, like I said, I haven't read all the reviews. The uh, you want me you want me to lean on the inside information or no, not? You can say whatever you like. Okay. Adam Chromachow, who's a new newbie on the council. Welcome, Welcome Adam. Adam. <laughs> uh, we just the, learned how to say his name last year. I I asked him in here, and then he sent me a nice message with us with a sound clip, which was so cool. Nobody ever does that. No, they do it with the phonetic thing. Yeah, and yeah. then it's he left sent for a sound clip, and it was great. Chromachow. What kind of does he have? Is it Scottish? No, he sounds like one of. He sounds cooler than me. Oh, whatever accent that is, he so, sounds cooler than me. Like he's from Danville, Illinois. No, he lives no. in California. Oh, my bad. Sorry, Adam. In, I think he's in Hollywood. Ooh, Adam. You know, like deep, you know, in, deep Adam in the does mix. Movie reviews yeah. and all yeah, kinds of stuff. He you does. guys should look him up sometime. I think that his last name, and this is just me, should be pronounced Cromacho. <laughs> <laughs> I always, Adam. I apologize for this in advance. In my head, I add an N after the A, and I in my head I say Cromancho. Cromancho. I, I know this is wrong. Cromancho foo. <laughs> I know this is wrong, but it, it, I have a hard time not saying it that way. But uh, it is Adam Cromancho. Uh, I think he's gonna like the film myself. Mm. How about Patricia Pirillo? Uh, she is new mm-hmm. this year. Well, uh, not new to us. We've seen her from her seen many her times on many. We've seen her through her comments and posts. Uh, on the Facebook page, which is uh, how she got invited to the council eventually. I think she guest voted at least yeah, once. she did. Yeah, so if, if you're a listener and you want to eventually uh, get involved 
in this process just be a regular commenter and mm-hmm. you know, and you could be asked to 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 join the fray um uh i don't i don't know, know enough about patricia at this point to okay. to say one way or the other uh jeremy clifford um I don't know. He has a type of movie that he tends to like. Yeah. And here's the problem. I can't remember if it's art house type movies or not. Well, he he had Dear Zachary, but I think he also did Saving Private Ryan, right? So mm. like he he, uh, he bowled center lane on that on the on the ladder. Uh, <laughs> um, Do you know Rachel? was it was it was it Schindler's List or was it Saving Private Ryan? I can't remember, but the. Uh, Whatever it was, it was like he, he nailed it nailed it on the on the last one. Rachel gotcha. Plantiga. Uh, Rachel Plantiga. Now we have often assumed that Rachel would go with Nathan on votes because they're married. Wrong. But it's wrong. It's wrong. I don't they don't know. always go opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And same thing that April is connected to Brad. And well. Brad 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 is open about his love of the film. So yeah, Brad's open Brad's, about a lot Brad's of gonna be a yes. Brad's open about nudity. Uh, Brad's open uh, about uh his Who again, to remind the viewers, is still sitting in the corner of this room, buck naked. He's rubbed himself down with coconut oil. At I was this gonna point. say earlier, yeah. you were talking, you were describing in, in very vivid, verbose, vivid the, detail. The colors and the feelings yeah, of the types yeah, of music yeah, yeah. of the eighties, like techno, and Brad was visibly pleased by this description, yeah. as as evidenced PG-13, by thirteen. Remember, I, I'm going for it as evidenced yeah. by his body's behavior. But you know, Brad he, is saying we have to stop talking about this. Come so. on, Brad. Anyway, yeah. but in any but case, I'm not he, sure that he is April... a handsome naked man, though. Man, well, he's a handsome man. Oh yeah, I but, mean naked, not but naked. Like if he's you like saw the him in a winter, David. if you saw him in a winter coat, yeah. with a scarf over his face and a COVID mask, still say that's a handsome man. Handsome man he's wearing sunglasses, but you sunglasses. would know he's handsome. You would know. But now that we are looking at because every, he's always pantsless, no matter what every, else he's wearing, every inch. That he was created mm. with, that uh, he is, man, just a beautiful man. Thank but, you, Brad, thank for you, Brad. being with us tonight. But I don't completely naked and covered in coconut oil. That April, <laughs> I personally think she there's a there's a chance that she might watch this movie and say, uh, yeah, okay. This is not a criticism. It's just based on my memory of what she has liked and disliked in the past. Yeah. But I I may be wrong. April, I apologize if I'm completely wrong. Now, as far as uh, Kyle goes, that um, I would have guessed that he would say yes because he nominated Life Aquatic with Steve Sisu, that the council loved, that you and I went, meh. That's the, this is the time that Kyle and, and I went in opposite directions and, and realized felt- that while he and I have a mindset that's very similar, that there are certain things where he's just like, like yeah, polar opposite. So though. you would expect the guy who nominated Life Aquatic with Steve Sisu, which is very kind of moody and stylistic, mm. that he would also like and his, dry this and dry that he would also like this other. But no, but no. I have heard a rumor that it's a no from Kyle Brown. Yeah, it, yeah. And I'm not going to press you tonight on what's your vote. I think I know. I'm going to post my. You're going to post your thing later tonight. I will post yeah. my thoughts. 
Uh, Facebook poll is at about a three to one ratio of yes to no. All right. Yes, thirty-five. No, twelve. This is as of January eleven. And this at is five o'clock today. And this take. has been out for since January one. Yeah. So if only thirty-five people have like many times in these Facebook polls, by this point in time, we'll have 60, 70, 80 yeses to nos. Uh, but uh, the fact that there's not very many makes yeah. me concerned. And I so um, so I won't press you on your vote. Mm. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, and this is a rough one for me, uh-huh. um, because I could see all the many reasons that somebody might say that this is Pantheon. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's. I, I start asking. We've done this for several years now, and I start yeah. asking the question about. Um, like, how hard does the line have to be for a movie to get into Pantheon? If you're at, let's just say for argument's sake that it has to average a four and a half to be Pantheon. If you're at four, three, five, but you think it maybe should be Pantheon, do you? But if you're at four, five out of five. Right. Like, what do you say? So for me, without dragging this out, that I'm going to say no. My personal would be no. And you're only one Facebook poll vote out of all the I'm Facebook a nothing. I'm a nobody out of everybody else. But I can see why the council would love it. For me, it just didn't resonate. Mm. But it, it's not that I ra- I'm rating this at, as a three anything. No, no. That for me, it's a four point something. I get that. It's, I just don't know if it's enough to get over the edge just because... Huh. You know, like it, it didn't resonate with me mm. on enough things in terms of the pacing and sure. the choices. Sure. But there are so many things about it that I liked. And for me, I equate this when we talked about Boogie Nights way back in the day. And I think that you and I were split on this mm-hmm. because, but we were on the fence. Mm-hmm. We were really, I don't know. It's, it's a good movie, but right. is it good enough? Um, and for me, I think that this will get into Pantheon. Yep. But I don't, but me personally, I wouldn't vote that way. But I think that it will end up ultimately getting in. So I feel like, regardless of what my votes will be, what my vote will be, I believe that this will get in. But I believe it might be on the mark. Well, look, I mean, we've got one, two, three, four. We have five yeses. Yeah. Just from it what just we're needs two at. more. It needs two more. I believe it'll get in. Uh, but uh, to Pantheon, I, I just believe that for me, is it essential viewing? Do I need to watch this movie in order to understand the grasp the history? Like if my child was born today, my look out, my grandchild born today, yeah. as they grow up and they go, uh, is it a Ghostbusters '84? Is Grandpa it a Mac, Should Saddles? I watch this? Movie? Is it a Saving Private Ryan, a Schindler's right. List? Uh, I would say I would have my own answer, right? Yeah. And if I tell them yes, they would see something that was completely different from the rest of Pantheon. If I say no, they would maybe watch it anyway, but they would still see this big, broad Pantheon list. If if my grandchild turned, we'll say, 16 tomorrow, they're nowhere close to that. If they turn 16 tomorrow, and I said, here's a list of movies to start watching, if this is on the list... It will enhance their future yep. of movie viewing. If it's not on the list, they will still have an amazing future. So, yeah. we'll so see. Uh, let's see. Um, any other like fun facts that we've got here? Um, that 
Uh, there was a, a bunch of fun facts. The mask worn by Driver is from SPFX Masks, uh, which mm-hmm. sells ultra-realistic masks to the public. So if you want it, who's SPFX Masks. Who's it a mask of? I don't you, even Did you know. look at that? Yeah, I'm didn't... sure somebody knows. Like, the mask from, um, from uh, what, uh, uh, Friday the 13th? No. Yes. The one that's the William Shatner mask. Oh, you know what? Here's, uh, here, here's, here, here's, uh, we've got a list of things that we were talking about. We mentioned almost all of these. One thing that we didn't mention in preparation for his role, Ryan Gosling restored the 1973 Chevy Malibu yeah. that his character uses in the film to get into his role. So... That's pretty fun right there. Um, and I will say, like, one thing that I didn't mention in all of this, and it's a very side, 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 side note, okay. is that one of, the th- one of the scenes that I appreciated in the film was, uh, and this is after multiple viewings of it now, is um, the, the scene where Driver comes in to the middle of the strip club and is terrorizing the strip club owner with a bullet and a hammer and he's going to do all these things to him does things to him. i was instead of watching the main action i was watching the side action the strippers that were sitting in the, the chairs strippers watching. were in like they couldn't give a rat and they were butt. completely still couldn't give a care not out of fear out of uh indifference indifference that's the yeah. word and i uh, I I didn't notice it before, but I loved the choice of having these strippers be completely indifferent to the violence, ultraviolence, to borrow a phrase from A Clockwork Orange, the, the ultraviolence that was happening in front of them, that they were like, meh, you know, whatever, this happens. It, I need to go on stage pretty soon. <laughs> in my mind, I was in their mind, and their mind was like, yeah, he's he's a jerk. Yeah. I'm yeah. good with that. You know what? You should probably hit him again. All right. Any other final thoughts before we close this out tonight? I will hold my final thoughts to my review. I'm very excited to come back. We haven't done this in a while. I'm so excited to be back in the I studio. I'm so happy to be here tonight. Yeah. I, and, and for those of you that listen to these shows, we really appreciate you. We love doing them. We have a great time. Yeah, to we have our, a great time all the to time. To our tens of tens of listeners. All ten of them. <laughs> that we love having these chats and we love having you listen to them so thank you for listening uh it is wonderful um that if you enjoy listening to this by the way go ahead and uh share these things with any of your movie loving friends and say hey there's a cool little thing and you can listen to them uh we'd love to to share this with other people so one of my sons i have two sons one of my sons will listen to these podcasts and send the 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 minute jumps for cool stuff he wants to share with my other son who then skips through the podcast sometimes listen to all of it but yeah. generally skips through and listens to the bits and pieces that they think are pretty cool uh and you know what there's nothing wrong with that no 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 so uh as always i hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation where can Videoland find you mr miggity mac i am on facebook and i am on the av group in facebook and same here, you can find me, Doug, it looks like Pruim. Pruim. Uh, you can find me on the AV Facebook page. Um, and as far as AV is concerned, you can find us on Instagram, Adventures in Videoland, our dot com, our website. Com, yes. Uh, but the conversation always begins and ends on our Facebook page. 
So you've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Videolanders. How about this? You shut your mouth or I'll kick your teeth down your throat and I'll shut it for you. Hmm. That seems a little aggressive. Uh, that seems a little, little, little aggressive. Yeah, like, aggressive. I'm just, I mean, you know what? Uh, uh, how about this? All right. We, we love, love you. you.